The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hey there, scallywags. What's going on? Kevin Goatee, gutting the sacred cow. New week, new episode, and now, new segment. I got so excited, I grabbed my back scratcher. Every week from now on out that we tape an episode, be on our Twitter page, at GTSC Podcast. We're going to announce the night that, or the day that we tape, we're going to announce A, who our guest is going to be, and B, what movie they're going to do, which means C, and that's all I know from addition, you can ask them questions that you want us to ask them. So you can ask about their, themselves, you can ask about the movie they're choosing, whatever, but make sure you're following us at GTSC Podcast on Twitter. So every we tape on Mondays, so be on the lookout on Mondays to see who was on the podcast and what question you want to ask them. Fire away. That's what we are here for. Do not forget, guttingthesacredcow at gmail.com. If you want to advertise with us or just to drop a line and say, hi, how are you? You know what, guys? You're pretty cool. We like those too. Those are awesome. And this week's episode, Joanne Nosichinsky returns for her fourth fourth appearance as she tries to take down the most critically acclaimed film of all time, Citizen Kane. Here we go, guys. Lock and load. Gather round, here's what I know. It's just that this cow has got to go. Hates these cans. Kevin Israel, name that film. No idea. The Jerk. Oh, God. I I don't know when the last time I saw it. It was probably eight when I saw that movie. It's very quotable. I love that film. Kevin Goatee, Kevin Israel, Gunning the Sacred Cow. Here we are again. How are you folks? Vilkomen, bienvenue. Here we are with one of our true favorites, the newly tans returning Joanne Nosachinsky. Hi, Joe. I'm having, um, do you feel that, Kev? Do you have that weird feeling of like there's a glitch in the matrix? Like it's, <laughs> I don't know what it is. 
Did you see a did you see a black a black cat cross your path? <laughs> Bill Schultz texted. He says he's proud of that scamp in his life for once. Mm. His scamp being the co-host because mm-hmm. Joanne Joanne has a very solid track record. I dare say the highest winning the most number of wins on this podcast. She Ow. has decided to take on the goddamn most acclaimed and stop me if I'm wrong, which I'm not the most acclaimed film of all time. And that is citizen Kane. Mm-hmm. That's right. Oof. Yeah. I uh, watched this in uh, quarantine earlier on. Right. Uh, I had heard that it was such a great film and I'd never seen it. So I thought now is a great time. And um, don't, it wasn't good to watch it in quarantine. It made me depressed. <laughs> yeah, I that wouldn't be like, a quarantine movie. That wouldn't have been a pick. Yeah, I, I, nope. you know, I think it would have been a quarantine film. It's like you know what? I have to, ne- you know, take all this stuff off my list of things to watch. Fuck it, let's go right down the AFI list if you want to. And pal, here you have it. Uh, I don't know. It's like trying to get all your doctor's appointments done in one week. It's like ah, it's painful. But then you're glad when it's done. I guess so. <laughs> Joanne, what are you up to? Tell the good folks what you've been up to and uh, what's going on in your neck of the woods. Oh, gosh. Uh, my neck of the woods, uh, Queens, is uh, great. It's like there's no pandemic that ever happened, which is lovely. Let me rephrase. What are you up to with your career and things that you want to promote? <laughs> oh, I see. Sorry. <laughs> we were just chatting. We can still what chat. Queens is, Queens is great. No pandemic. Anything else you want to add? No, it's been it. a while since you've done this, Joanne. Like, yeah. I can understand your confusion. <laughs> I have to move my car for alternate side parking. It's what the people want to hear. Um, no, just uh, Compound Media, Morning with Bill and Joe. Uh, you can catch us every Monday through Thursday. Um, you know, Kevin and Kevin have both been on. Um, we, we try to gear stories for you guys. Lots of film-related stuff. Um, other than that, I bartend, won't tell you where, uh, <laughs> so don't want to see around New anyone. York City. <laughs> Hop in, maybe you'll see me. She doesn't want to make money, guys. Don't you understand it? Okay. No, I don't want pity tips. That's what it would be if it was like a fan who came in and be like, here's my money. I'm so sorry for you. <laughs> Does anyone come in the bar and recognize you? It happened like once they recognized me from Fox. And they were like, could I take a picture? And I was like, can I come out from behind the bar? <laughs> so it was like, can you I just my apron to off? see me here. I was just yeah. going to say that, Kevin. Fucking hell, man. Right. Can I get on my work uniform first to show that, <laughs> yeah. you know what? Anthony doesn't pay that much money to do the morning show, so times are tough. <laughs> hey, you said it. I didn't. <laughs> Love Anthony Kumi. He's been great in this podcast. I don't know. I don't know what he pays you people. And by oh, you he's people, great. He's, yeah. He loves movies. Uh, I, we know. Oh, we know. Joanne's and doing he hates them. <laughs> That's mm. true. Joanne has chosen Citizen Kane, which, by the way, 1941. This came out a few months before Pearl Harbor. No, not the Josh Hartnett Ben Affleck abortion. <laughs> I'm talking about the real thing. Which I actually went to. It's pretty cool. and uh, Not pretty cool, but it's a must-do if you're an American citizen. Budget, 1941, $500,000. Grossed, $977.3 thousand. Not as high of a gross as you would expect 
that the most acclaimed film of all time made turned that into 2021 money, $9.2 million budget, a gross of $17.9 million. So a pubic hair below double their ROI. Surprising, Kevin, correct? I, I'm very shocked. Well, I'm sort of shocked. <laughs> There are going to be a lot of those references in this episode today, aren't there? Actually, that's not what that was, but but it could have been. But that's that's that that wasn't that wasn't what that was. I, uh, I I am surprised, but having watched the movie, I swear to get it. IMDb, as we all very well know, is a scale one through ten with decimal points. Joanne, why not take a stab and try and guess what the old IMDb score for is? Citizen Kane. Uh, I'm gonna go. Like 9.1. I see. Kevin Israel? I'm going to price his right her and go 9.2. Oh. 8.3. Uh, oh. Surprising, right? Yeah. Critics Rotten Tomato score 1 through 100 score. Kevin Israel, critics? This has got to be high. I'm going to go 97. Mm-hmm. Joanne? 94. 99. No. This is, if you were paying attention to the news, it happened a few months ago where one of the reviewers finally put in a negative review, knocking it from its perfect 100% perch. Excuse me. Wow. Audience score, Joanne. I want to, I'm hoping people don't get it. So I'm going to say like 8.5. Seven. So 87. So, okay. So it's percent. Oh, 87. Sorry. Yeah. KI. Uh, I'm going to, I still think it's going to be high. I'm going to go 93. 90. Oh. Wow. Split difference. Mm-hmm. Quotes. You provide the prose poems. I'll provide the war. An obvious knockoff to William Randolph Hearst's. You provide the picks and I'll provide the war. Kevin Israel, quote. Besides the obvious one, I'm yeah, pretty sure. Hold on, 20, on a sec. What you're going to get? The news goes on for 24 hours a day. Oh. And Great one. <laughs> I'm ignorant, but I guess you caught on to that. Uh, yeah, that's it. Okay. Not the most quotable of movies. No? Well, for the obvious one, I'm sure Joanne's going to give us. Oh, I don't know. My favorite quote. Mm-hmm. Well, I always gagged on that silver spoon. Ah, fuck, that's good. Yeah. Oh, the obvious one. Did you say it? No. I just thought that was so obvious, but we'll say it for just for the fans who want to say, Rosebud. Rosebud. That's going to get that's gonna get dissected eight ways until Sunday by the time we're done with this episode. <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> Five fun facts. Five fun facts. Five fun Because of his success at 23 on War of the Worlds, Orson Welles got complete control and final cut of of this film at age 26. That's unheard of. That's wild. I mean, how- You know what I was doing at 26? Jerking off into a sock in your own apartment instead of having roommates. Yeah, luckily I didn't have to jerk off when I was 26. That's not true at all. (laughs) I mean, I I did, but it wasn't my- uh... And it definitely wasn't into it was, a sock. It was more of a chore at that point. There was, yeah, there was a fine. I'll get the poison out so I don't have to bother you in an hour. 
<laughs> but I'll tell you what, I wasn't making a, a historic film. No, no, no. I was trying to make some with my shitty uh, flip cam phone, but usually the girls weren't into that. I was making bad oh. pornos as well. During Citizen Kane filming, Orson Welles got caffeine poisoning as he drank over 30 cups of coffee a day. He also wouldn't eat for long stretches, but then sit down to a meal with three large steaks and side items. You think at some point the, the crew would have just been like, hey, here's a pound of Coke. It's going to just be easier. Yeah. yeah, right? Like, God, you're poor rectum. You're going to be Rosebud. <laughs> yeah. There's number one. Ding. There you go. <laughs> I mean, what were the sides? I mean, it's just like cream spinach. He, he, For sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, that, and that's going to be the messiest of poops he's going to have to take. I mean, this, these are like Port Authority, like, bathroom evacuations were oh talking. yeah you don't do that in your own home no loaded baked <laughs> potato like you drive you drive to someone's office and then go do it there <laughs> yeah <laughs> and then walk out and go oh mcmiller what the fuck did you do again in there and leave <laughs> number three <laughs> number three loaded baked potato that's another one R- william randolph hearst tried to keep the movie out of theaters hmm Mm-hmm. where did the name rosebud come from and oh we're all dying to get into that i'm going to give you the real answer before we give our silly ge- silly geese answers excuse me marlon davies puss who is that that was william randolph Hearst's girlfriend at the time and uh said her her puss was so beautiful he decided to name it rosebud that's horrifying how many pusses have you seen kevin israel None. It never even occurred to me to name it. Joanne, no. does your puss have, have or had a moniker? Um, I've never named my, it's called a vagina, gentlemen. Oh, uh, I have never named her, but I, <laughs> her. I, I did have, what, you think it's a man? He's maybe a vagina. vagina. Yeah, why is it going to be a guy? Why is maybe, it going to be a girl? Maybe maybe, maybe, yeah. maybe identifies as a they, like Ellen Pay or Ella, whatever it's like. Yeah. Page. Maybe. You never know. Elliot. Elliot. Thank you. Um, uh, it was, I had an uh, ex-boyfriend in college who did. Mm-hmm. Um, do you want to yeah. guess? Should I give you a hint? I would, we would, would love hints. Yeah. Okay, um, it's a <laughs> it's a Disney character. Oh, Stitch. I want to guess Stitch. How about the rescuers? Oh, no. How about the rescuers <laughs> down under? Oh no, Shrek. Shrek. That's not Disney. That's DreamWorks. No, that's fucking. That's uh, DreamWorks. That's right. The Black Cauldron. Get it right. Yeah, the Black Cauldron. No, <laughs> that was a terrible. The one. Wizard's no. Sleeve. The wizard said, oh, 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 fan- Fantasia. <laughs> Dumbo. No. Dumbo. No, you guys. We don't know here's, how, here's lo- how loose or tight you could be, Joe. <laughs> oh, brother. This was in college. What I was wasn't... the whale's name in Pinocchio? Monstro. Oh what? Monstro. <laughs> That's great. No, it was... It was Pinocchio. She's always lying. Um, (laughs) No, no, no. Now it sounds so uncreative. I wish it was one of these, like, well thought out 
creative ones. No, it was just Jasmine. My next guess uh, was Maleficent, but damn. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Jasmine. Okay. Did, did he, it smell did like he, Jasmine? Did he, I, did, he, did he say it no, a lot? I don't know. Did, no, I was know. Was it like, it's time he, to see. Let's, let's he, let Jasmine out of the tower. I was just going to say, did he unzip your <laughs> pants and go, can Jasmine come out and play tonight? You know, I blocked out a lot of this time of my life, so it's possible. Oh, we are going to restir those memories. Did he rub your little hood and like the rubbing the lamp and go, come on out, Jasmine? No, no, no. But there was a duet of a whole new world that would happen. Oh. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. There Is definitely that, was. That's code for double teaming in my book, right? Oh, God. <laughs> and if you're Although, listening to this episode, you. we'd like to get hashtag Jasmine trending. So <clears throat> get on if that. you... If you ask about my carpet ride, I'm going to leave. That was okay. too, too easy. Okay. We, don't do, we don't take those easy road hack jokes. Come on. Sure, sure. That, that's your co-host job, not ours. Just kidding. That's true. <laughs> Number five, want to take a guess who bought one of the very few remaining Rosebud sleds in 1982? Huge name. Mega, mega wealthy guy. Give you another hint. In films. Like George Clooney? Nope. Israel, when Avengers. Johnny one? Depp. Johnny Depp. He didn't even make Nightmare on Elm Street then, goddammit. How does he have that kind of money? No, Steven Spielberg. Oh, mm-hmm. that makes sense. Fresh that makes sense, off yeah. that E.T. and Raiders money. Yeah. But now, let's see if Joanne Nosichinsky can do what she has done, not once, not twice, but maybe thrice? Maybe? Kevin Israel is now time for Joanne too. One more. Sure, that's what it One is. One more. Yeah, right. Kevin and I just aren't on sync, all right? Unlike all right. our periods. Hey oh. <laughs> it is now time for Joanne too. Gut. Gut. The the sacred. <laughs> this is an abortion. All right. <laughs> I, I, I it's wish taking it... as long as Citizen Kane. <laughs> you know what? As the old saying goes, we'll cut this. We'll, we'll, uh, we'll fix this in post. <laughs> or maybe not. Joanne. Mark. Okay, we'll do it live. Yeah. <laughs> Joanne, the floor is yours. Okay. So for those of you, and it should be all of you, who have seen my other guttings, you know, I like to follow certain criterion. And right out of the gate, I almost want to commend Citizen Kane. Let me say a positive first. I always view a film by how rapey it is. <laughs> That's true. And Citizen Kane was not super rapey. Yes, Orson Welles did slap a bitch, but um, Grease was arguably more rapey. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. I. Yeah, I also like to look at um, when we first see the appearance of Black people and how many people there are or people of color. And let me say, for 1941, there is a good amount of background actors who are Black. Granted, they usually just play musicians or just, like, people passing on the street. But I saw a few, which I was, like, surprised by, I guess. So good for you, Citizen Kane. Um, obviously, we know like this film has been studied in film classes and, and only has one bad review. 
Um, I think Orson Welles was an incredible, gave an incredible acting performance in this, considering the span of time and everything. I think he did a really good job. But the bad outweighs the good. And let me get to it. First of all, starting with the camera work. Um, And it's almost a cliche at the beginning. I think a lot of the things the camera was doing, we see crossfades and certain swipes and it's like, you learned how to use a camera. Good for you. That's fabulous. Um, But it was almost a little too artsy for me. I want to get to the story. And unfortunately that story was told to me in an exposition that was way too long and hard to follow, especially because it was done in that sort of the news obituary. I don't know what they called it, but um, it's just a man yelling at me in this voice for about 15 minutes. And I learn <laughs> all about Citizen Kane's life. That's not his real, what's his real name? Charles? Charles Foster Kane. Charles. I learned about Charles Kane's life and I wish I didn't. <laughs> That's what it really boils down to. Um, There was one cool camera shot, and and I'll I'll give credit where credit is due. It's the opera scene, and they do this pan up to the rafters where the workers are saying how bad the girl stinks, and that is very funny. But one of the camera shots that everyone praises, which I don't get, is right after Kane loses the election and the camera is in the floorboards looking up at the actors to give this weird forced perspective. It makes them look really tall. However, as an actor, I think about the character and their emotions. And I would think that Kane would be feeling kind of vulnerable at this point and kind of down. So I think it's a strange choice given the moment in time. Um, another very strange, the camera work in the set, when young Charles is playing out in the snow, it looked like an exact replica of the North Pole from Elf. <laughs> it was so fake. The snow did not, no one pre- even pretended they were cold. So not a fan of that scene. Um, kind of moving then from camera to lighting. Man, there was a lot of attention paid to lighting, but in a way that personally, if I were an actor, I would be mad. Uh, In that first scene, after we see the news obituary, and then we go to the theater viewing room where we see all the journalists, and you cannot see any of their faces. I read an article that says maybe that's due to the fact that a lot of times journalists are faceless right? You don't see them. They just write up a report. They do their research and that's it. But imagine being the actor cast as a journalist in their scene. They're like, God, this is my big break. Ma, you got to go to the movies. You got to pay you 10 cents for a ticket. Go to the movies, (laughs) see my face. And the whole time she's just talking out loud. Which one are you? Is that you? Is that you? I can't tell she's also a lovely Jewish mother. Um, no, I, so that would really suck. I get it. Like artistically it's cool, but like, I want to see their faces. That would help me more this as sounds, an actor. I'd feel sounds, less shitty for them. This sounds more autobiographical than anything else. Yes, it does. 
my pain is real. Um, and then, I mean, we gotta, we gotta go to, to Rosebud. Oh, we do. So just the fact that, I don't know if this was an actual like sled company at the time, if that was like a well-known like wood making company, but like to name, or if he chose to name it Rosebud, because like to name an inanimate object after another inanimate object is really stupid. Uh, also on my, on my deathbed, I'm going to think back to not only like my favorite childhood toy, cause that would just be the skip it. I don't oh, know that I would. I love that. I would, yeah, there's a reference. That. Yeah, that is good. I don't know that I would call for the skip it as I'm dying. Many but, ankles uh, were broken by the skip it. Oh, Many sure. Many what was broken, you said? Many ankles were broken by the skip it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, think of like bruised pets too. They get too close. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But also I would argue that was a painful like time in his life, right? He, that's when he was just taken from his home. Why would he want to remember that moment and that sled? Um, but in summation, uh, and I'm going to use a quote to summarize why this movie stinks so bad. Uh, that head journalist can't remember his name and apparently to the filmmakers doesn't matter. Uh, he is asked, what did you find out about him, Jerry? Oh, his name's Jerry. It's in the quote, and I didn't even remember. <laughs> what did you find out about him, Jerry? And he replies, not much, really. That was it. He said, not much, really. After two hours, after a slow, painful two hours where I'm dying to find out something, he found out not much, really. Um not gratifying, uh, not pretty. Again, rosebudding is anal prolapsing. So, no, thank you. It's a pass for me, folks. Give me that is true. It's kind of like you, you know, Hey, what'd you learn? Nothing. But you know, it's cool. I got to expense this trip for work. Ah, yeah, <laughs> totally. <laughs> and obviously, when Joanne passes away, the great mystery is going to be. Why did she whisper Jasmine? Jasmine. Oh, no. <laughs> Knew that was coming on. Jasmine. Joanne. You know a Jasmine. Give me a number one to 10 of uh, Citizen Kane, in your opinion. I'm going to go like 5.2. Ooh, that's, that's higher than I expected. But again, there, there were moments I, I, I get, listen, it has good reviews for some reasons. However, it's wild to me that there's only been one bad review. Word. These notes brought to you by guttingthesacredcow.com and all cool shirts like this one I'm wearing right now. Whoa. Guttingthesacredcow.com. If you want to advertise with us, you've heard a few ads already at the start of the podcast. Go to guttingthesacredcow at gmail.com and catch us every Tuesday and Thursday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern, where Kevin and I do our one joke workout room. So you can come in to us here, work out your joke you're working on, and we tell stories of what it's like as comedy, uh, comedians, as well as share stories about our awful jokes we, were, we wrote as young comedians. Hey gang, we here on the show often use the expression, that doesn't happen. You know how we can say that with such confidence? 
Because we have an actual fucking scientist sponsoring this show. That's right. Mr. A.M. Compson is our new sponsor, and he's helping spread scientific knowledge with his new lecture series. Are you a nerd who thinks school is too tough? Go to A.M. Compson to find books on a wide range of science and mathematics topics. That's university-level teaching at a fraction of the cost. Are you a tough guy who thinks school is for nerds? Then go to A.M. Compson and pick up the night school version of these books, which has the same exact information condensed with punchlines and swearing. New material every few weeks. It's like OnlyFans, but their fathers are actually proud of them. So go to amcompson.com today to start learning science. That's amcompson.com. Notes. <laughs> As Joanne has alluded to, because she has potty mouth and potty humor, it's so funny how Rosebud 80 years ago meant something completely different than what it means today. 1941, it meant a flower. In 2021, it means a prolapsed anus, which had to have been at least one of the many ailments for Orson Welles after eating three steaks and many sides. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll quote the great Ace Ventura. Stuff probably looks better on the way out, doesn't it? Listening to all those voiceovers in the first 15 minutes are grand, but overdone and forced. Like no one walked around like Dateline, Allied Forces, Normandy Beach, the, the, the good guys take on the bad guys. And here we go. And now we're going outside and hey, go outside and get us a quart of milk. And oh, no, the dog shit in the front yard again. Go scoop it up there, Junior. Like everyone talked like that, even not in newsreel clips. That, mm. thank God does not happen anymore because that would get very tiresome, very irksome, very fast. The crimped hairstyle in the 1940s is viciously unattractive. How did anyone's grandfather get excited to put their penis in anyone's grandmother with that hairstyle? I wonder if they crimped their pubes while listening to ep episodes of Amos and Andy on the radio or maybe The Shadow. Mm -hmm. If I was a kid, I would totally bash that guy with my sled if he came across my way wearing a Mad Hatter-esque hat. <laughs> I don't trust people like that. The music. Were we watching a Looney Tunes or a Disney cartoon? I couldn't figure out which one because I was waiting for Elmer Fudd to bash Charles Foster Kane over the head with a mallet and wait to see bluebirds circling his head. Charles Foster Kane, by the way, his name in the film, the last time someone used a first, middle, and last name for a white guy that was not a serial killer. Hmm. Mm -hmm. Charles Foster Kane, and initials as a CFK, but if you're dyslexic, that's KFC. Coincidence? <laughs> nope. <gasps> Just some dumb shit that swirls around in my head as I watch these things. Every time I watch Citizen Kane, I remember that Orson Welles' last role was the voice of Unicron in the Transformers cartoon movie. <laughs> Which is amazing mm -hmm. still. Yes. Yeah, that movie, that movie holds up. Doesn't it ever? Yeah. Yeah, it does. My brother had to call I don't know how many video stores to find a VHS copy for him to buy for that film back in 19. Came on tape in, I guess, 87. He was like people trying to track down Air Force Ones, trying to track down the Transformers cartoon movie. It took long enough, I, but we got it. I, I, remember, I was very excited to see that in the theater. And I, I, I wasn't able to see it opening weekend for some reason. And I was really upset. And I had to wait till like the, the Thursday. Uh, oh, that was such a good movie. I Not wait. the Thursday. <laughs> oh. 
This is in the 80s where spoiler alerts weren't there unless you went to school the next day. But well, that, yeah. that was the thing. I think it came out in the summer. summer. Okay, yeah. yeah, so we were and safe. I was, I was in like a, like a soccer camp or something, and everybody saw it opening weekend. And then like everybody was just like standing in huddles talking about it. And I had nothing to like contribute. Oh. As, as, and then I followed that through the rest of my life. And did you cry in the movie theater when Optimus Prime died? I sure did. My brother, I I have a soul. Oh, (laughs) that still gets me. Uh, I remember when they killed Ironhide, and I was like, he was the first one that gets it in the face. We're talking about a whole different movie now. (laughs) Jazz, Hound, Cliff Jumper, Eat It in five minutes in the cartoon, the TV show. No one dies. Traumatic as they never even hit. No, no. (laughs) It's not, you're right. It's not a good sign that we're talking more about one of our favorite films as kids. <laughs> Citizen Kane. Why could that be? Which is the much higher score. I may be somewhat egotistical, but I sure as fuck don't have that much of a lack of self-awareness to have the balls to hire a group to sing a song about me like Kane did. Um, this one may hit home for Kevin Israel. You know Mr. what, though? You got to think. Yeah. Not only did he hire a group to sing, he knew the song. So he practiced. Oh, he wrote it. it. No, he already wrote it himself. Yeah, like that's in, that's that's fucking next level narcissism. I imagine there was a there was a dress rehearsal. Oh yeah, hundred oh, percent, hundred yeah. percent. You know, Trump watches. He goes, "Hmm, good idea. I think I'll do the same." <laughs> Listen, dames, I need them skirts shorter. <laughs> <laughs> this one's gonna hit Kevin Israel right between the eyes. Mister Bernstein is more Jewy than Woody Allen and all of his films combined. That was my. You took it. I'm sorry, but you snaked the shit out of me for X-Men 2. <laughs> I did. <laughs> How weird must it have been to be a single woman renting an apartment at that time when your landlady dictates you have to leave your door open? Wait till a landlady tries that shit in the 21st century and sees one of her renters with an octopus in her pussy and a kazoo in her asshole trying to satisfy all of her OnlyFans supporters. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's how they become directors. I don't know. <laughs> That's Girls how they for cash. Listen, Bang Bus started somehow, some way. Hour- <laughs> That's real. Yeah, it is real nice. An hour and ten in, this movie is dragging. I like Kane's buddy Leland wearing a rope as a belt on his robe. If that's not the highest level of, I don't give a fuck. I don't know what is. Cause if that dude was wearing underwear in his robe under his robe, I would be shocked. Cause his liver spotted cock would be flopping everywhere. Like a fish out of water. Liver spotted cock. Great name for an emo band. Continue. Hmm. Hmm. Watching Kane's wife try and sing reminds me why I would never date singers, poets, or comedians being forced to sit through those performances. Yikes. Must have been what it was like when my brother was watching his ex-wife sing in a barbershop quartet. I would rather finger my own asshole and ghost pepper hot sauce than sit through five minutes of that. And that's probably why he's divorced now. <sighs> There's a lot of butt play in this episode. Yeah. And, and but Kevin, instead yes. of rosebudding, what would we call that? <laughs> Fire in the hole. Hey oh. <laughs> See kids, this is how you get well asked. This is how you get asked back on this podcast. Timely joke <laughs> with poop humor. Always a winner in our household. Mm-hmm. Kane's fireplace is as big as my bathroom. Mm-hmm. 
Joanne, mm, yeah. Joanne alluded to this before, but I wrote it down. An hour and 41 minutes in, we have a sighting of our first black person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The Rosebud reveal in 1941 must have been some jaw-dropping shit, but in current times, this is on the same level of disappointment as Waterworld, the new Coke, and Al Capone's safe. Yeah. <laughs> I hit different decades there, Kevin Israel. I hope you enjoyed that. I know. Yeah, I really appreciate your <laughs> chronology. Thank you. A sleigh that he had, again, Joanne took this out of our, out of our lips too, that he had for three seconds in fucking frame, a sleigh for three seconds. And that was his dying word, Rosebud. My last word had better be something profound. If I know I'm dying, it's going to be something either funny, like a word like axiomatic, or silly, like queef. Mm. Or Jasmine. Uh, Jasmine. Oh. I see why people love this when it came out. I see why the critics said they need to defend it. This I saw also. I'm sure we all saw this in college. I saw it in college. I re- remember two films that I saw in, in, in film uh, 101. This and The Bicycle Thief. Oh, no, I take it back. What was there was one? I should have Googled this. God damn it. The one, it's actually good. He dresses up as a clown. Some guy dressed up as a clown because he's trying to get the affections of another uh, of, of, a, of a dancer. And then this other guy is like, this guy's a real tool trying to dress up as a clown and, and get the affections. Well, life cycles through. And then he ends up being the next clown dressing up as a clown to get her affections. It was good. Anyway, those are the two films I remember in film club. Oh, 2001 A Space Odyssey. That was the other one. We know where we stand on that piece of shit. But yeah, critics want to defend this film. I am not going to do that. This film does not survive the test of time. It does not pass the remote test. This film drags. It drags very, very deeply. This film is not, he and Charles Foster Kane, he's not that import of a cinematic character in film history i put indiana jones above charles foster kane what do you say to that i put jaws the shark Agreed. above jaw charles oh foster yes and i put, yes and i put jack burton from big trouble little china <laughs> Hell. good old jack burton yeah it's all the reflexes just kidding uh this film listen it is obviously very important it's 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 a mon- a monument. I, I I can't. I'm not going to destroy it because it is important. It does have a lot of importance and the cinematography. Uh, although I'll disagree with Joy, it, it is pretty good and very groundbreaking, especially for its time. I will never watch this film again. Who was kidding? Who? I give this a five and a half out of ten. Kevin Israel, hmm. I want to before we jump to you, we are going to do our brand new segment, and that is called. Ask a gutter, where we go on Twitter and ask you, the fans, what you think. What would you want to ask, have us ask our gutter? So, Joanne, we had two questions coming for you. D O C okay. on Twitter. That's at Dennis O C fifty five asks. Please ask the fabulous Miss Nosichinsky in the final analysis. We should let the market decide. Thank you very kindly. <laughs> We we should let the market decide. And the market, for the first, what, 10 years this film was out, decided, mm-hmm. no thank you. I see. Um, since, you know, has, has done very well. Um, but my market says no thank you. I see. Chris Orlando, that's Chris or, at Chris Orlando HS, Chris Orlando High School. Did I miss something? Yeah, that's creepy. Yeah. 
<laughs> what is this Kevin Kevin fucking Spacey's character from American Beauty with his own Twitter handle? Please ask, have any unpleasant occurrences on a sled shaped your disdain for this beloved classic? Oh. Hmm. Actually, no. I do have pleasant memories of sledding. Mm -hmm. This is weird. I don't know if anyone else did this. At our public library, (laughs) there was a really good hill. There was a hill at our public library, so we would go there and and sled down. Um, So, no, I only have positive sledding memories so that means this is now tainting them we used to sled down a a giant hill that half the hill was a graveyard (laughs) oh my god the closer you got to where the actual headstones were the steeper the hill got so the kids always wanted to get as like close to the headstones as possible and i once watched a kid sled down lose control fly off his sled and his head slammed into a headstone and i remember i could still hear the noise <laughs> that it made and we were all like and you know we all did the oh! and then we were all like he's dead i remember us all going he's like he wasn't moving and we were like he's he's dead we just watched the kid die but how convenient that he's already in a graveyard yeah yeah just dig the hole he's right there yeah here yeah. Here, here lies john williams and also little timmy <laughs> he's he dead. already got the headstone the sled <laughs> stick it in there yeah he's dead and there's nothing we could do about it there's a good one too for you uh and that's all the questions we have from ask a gutter so well done joanne kevin israel it is now time for you to take the floor thank you well kevin as you usually do you took most of my points um you, you both made a lot of the obvious points um about this movie for me, I also saw this movie in uh, film class in college, and it was, I remember there's there's a lot of symbolism in this movie, and it's a very, it's it's a, and a lot of it is about the cinematography, a lot of about is about black and white, and the use of black and white in the movie, and when Kane is in, in shadows, that means something's happening, and it's, and I'm just not intellectual enough to be able to process what all of that meant but there were a lot of things in this movie that happened that i was like i know that means something else i just don't know what exactly it means and that made me angry because i feel Mm. like the movie was being smarter than me um like the uh for for example the the most obvious one to me was the uh there's the scene where he's yelling at her and she's not responding but there's a woman in on there's an audio track in another room and the one there's a woman screaming yeah and that clearly meant something like either she wasn't able to process her emotions so somebody else was doing it or she was so detached some but i I would just sat there i was like there's something this scene means something and i don't know what it is and i'm getting angry like i feel like like there's a there's a scene there's the scene in a 40 year old virgin where Kevin Hart goes in, it's Kevin Hart's only scene. Yep, and he is he's yelling at the at the 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 other black guy who works in the in the store, and Kevin Hart goes, "Now you're using big words, and I don't know what they mean, so I'm going to assume you're condescending me." Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and like that's how I felt. I'm like, well, I don't know what that means, so I assume you're saying I'm stupid, and yeah. you're 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 pushing me further away from this movie. But there was a lot, there was just a lot of, there's a lot of weird things in this movie. First of all, the movie took like 40 minutes to get 
going to get to the point of the movie. Because for the beginning of the movie, you guys covered it. The voiceover was very awkward. And I don't know, I don't know that we really needed it because the voiceover covered everything that, was gonna, that we were going to see in the movie. Like it covered the whole life of this guy. And then we had to watch the life of this guy. And it was like, why did we, we could have just started with the movie. And then, mm-hmm. you, and then it starts with this whole scene of him in the Colorado outback or the, the Colorado outback in the, <laughs> in the mountains or wherever they were in the snow. And it's not even clear who those people were. Like, I guess I knew it was his dad, but then it was what his mom. And I guess she got a mine and which, by the way, the name of the mine was the Colorado load. And if that's not a name for a porno, I don't know what is. Like, like I want to, I want to make a mock porn now about Citizen Kane, and one of the guys is definitely going to be named Colorado. Like, oh, here comes Colorado Load again. Uh, Can you imagine Bernstein doing it, giving, banging someone with a rosebud, and calling it the Colorado Load? I kill for that scene. Oh wow, we could really, we could really make a great horrible movie. The. The the whole thing, his father, his father, the father figure, I thought he was going to be important because he starts off like obviously loving this kid and he seemed to really care about him. And he was he was like, oh, Charlie, you're going to be going on a trip and we're going to see all this great stuff and you're going to love it. And then when Kane freaks out and hits the guy with the sled, suddenly he's like, we need to teach that kid something and he needs to learn. And I was like, wow, that was a quick what's who is this guy like what? Where he he had no connection to his parents and his parent his mom seemed completely uninterested and detached and his and she and her and suddenly and at one point her mom was like yeah well we're gonna get him away from you to the father and it was and it was like was the father a bad guy I I never got that like I don't I didn't understand the motivation of this movie until it finally got to the point where the point that I started to understand where the movie was going was the scene where he was just having those repeated breakfasts with his wife. And they, mm. they were just kind of growing further and further apart. And he was becoming less interested in that life and more interested in, you know, politics and the money and whatever. And then, and that was probably 40 minutes into the movie where I was like, oh, okay. The point of this movie is this guy's slow fall from being, you know, a person who cares and wrote that little, that little sheet. Like when he wrote that sheet about the, 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 the principles of the paper, and and then uh, Leland was like, I'm going to hold on to this. I was like, clearly, that's going to come back at some point. He's either going to end yeah. up selling it on Antique Roadshow or <laughs> he's going to. But that's going to come back. And it and it did because you see him slowly move further and further away from those principles. And it just I feel like the movie just kept beating you over the head. Like, I guess people back then were just stupid because this movie just like it made its point And then it just shoved it down your throat so it prolapsed your anus with its fist as mm-hmm. it was making its point. I really wanted to work a prolapsed anus joke in, so there it is. Welcome to the party, pal. Yeah, hey. <laughs> the water's nice. Come on in. Yeah. <laughs> I also thought it was really weird how everybody, all the friends, all these people are friends. Leland and Bernstein. Like, you never got exactly how they, how they all met, but you got that they were friends. They seemed to be college friends or something. But they all called each other Mr. I yeah. thought that was so strange that, and to me, that was sort of saying that like Kane is even with his friends, he can't have a cordial relationship. It's still got to have mm. this level of formality to it. And he's, he's, he's always kind of been these, this asshole. At, at first I thought it was like a joke. Like somehow, like sometimes, you know, you'll answer the phone, you'll be like, Hey, Mr. Goatee, what's going on? And you know, like, but like, I wouldn't call him Mr. Go- like all the time. Like that would be, 
insane. Yeah. And I don't know if that was a if that was just a thing of the time or if that was the if they were trying to make a point. But again, there was something there that I didn't understand, so it made me angry. Yeah. The makeup in this, uh, I think somebody mentioned the makeup. I can't remember if we did it this time or last time, but the makeup in this was weird because I felt like they were trying to say people were older. And then when you saw them, they never really looked as old. Like when, as Kane got older, it looked like his face was just kind of melting. Yeah. And then when they showed, showed old Leland, he just looked like they put a hat and a sweater on him and were like, this is what old is. Like, I guess this is what happens when you get old. And he didn't seem, I think he was supposed to be like on death's door, but he seemed all right. Like he seemed. Well, yeah. Kevin, when he's in this home at the end, his nurse looks older than him. Yes. Right. Uh, right. Like, I don't know if that was a casting issue. Someone, you know, uh, what happened in the forties? Someone, oh, Pearl Harbor was about to happen, but, right. um, you know, someone got called away and then they're like, Oh, we need this background extra. Come on in. You're a nurse now. And she's like, but I look older than him. They're like, doesn't matter. <laughs> Nothing matters. Exactly. This film doesn't make sense. There was a scene that stuck out to me. Leland waking up on the typewriter and immediately he woke up, immediately grabs a cigar and starts smoking. And I was like, wow, men were men back then. Yeah, I couldn't <laughs> even like that. That's a man right there. The only the only thing he could have done that would have been more manly is if he then put the cigar out on his hand. Like that, like, oh. <laughs> like, like Wolverine. <laughs> Can you imagine? But, he he reaches probably for a belt of whiskey before like the R S T D you know L get off his you know unimprint themselves on their face. Exactly. <laughs> I was just like, wow. I could never like if I woke up and somebody just jammed a cigar in my mouth and was like, start smoking. I'd be like, you know what? I quit. I'm done with whatever this job is. But that they were they were men back then, and that's also probably why they only lived to be 45. <laughs> the 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 opera performance obviously she was terrible but they show, show leland nodding off and i was like that's how we all feel right now he is mm. the entire audience uh in this then back to the symbolism there was that scene and i don't remember what was exactly happening but suddenly suddenly there's just a bird that screams and it's like so <laughs> shocking and it, it's just like and, it, and then like the scene starts and i was like what and I was like, that meant something. And then I was like watching the rest of the scene, trying to figure out what this screaming bird meant. And it, I guess it didn't mean anything, but it, it, it was just so much shit in here. Like the scene where you see where he was, he was breaking up with, when he was breaking up with her or she was, or no, she was telling him he was, she was going to leave. And he's standing in front of a door that has another door that has another door behind it. There's just this long row of doors that seem to never end. I was like, that means something. And I'm not mm. sure what. Maybe it's all the options in life that he never chose or all the doorways he could have gone through, but there's symbolism there and I don't, and I don't get it. And you're making me, you're making me angry. Was, was that bird scream as awful as the deer scream in get out when Allison Williams hit that deer with the car? Close. Oh. Close. <laughs> and, all, and as, and as unnecessary. Very true. <laughs> That's because, that's because Jordan Peele, who, by the way, Joanne, made that sound of the deer dying. Deer. No, really? Yeah. Fun fact. We did, we did this on, uh, on, uh, on our podcast. Who did, who did that again? Shannon from uh, Gas Digital did get oh, out. Oh, yeah. Yeah, she did a great job. Yeah, and uh, Jordan Peele made that sound. It's like, hmm, you know what? I directed this thing. I wrote this thing. I produced this thing. That's three. That's the hat trick. 
fuck it. Let's go for a grand salami and get myself a voice credit here. Four. And get I'm yeah, like a but, screeching deer. Kevin, what's the other option? You maim a deer to get your yeah. deer sound? Yeah. Yeah, I guess it's the, the most humane. Movie. I yeah. guess it would have been weird for him to hang out at the uh, the auction part. Where <laughs> he's like, you know what? I'm going to sit that one out. But this is a I'm, I'm pretty sure deer don't scream anyway. No. I don't think – I think deer are pretty – cut. Kind of like in the end of Jaws 4, which was a piece of shit. Remember when Jaws it hits the, the, the thing that causes the, the – the, the, I don't think it's a sound frequency. Jaws, was that the dolphins? Was the four with the dolphins? I think No, three. That was with Dennis Quaid. Four, and they were at SeaWorld or whatever. Four, they're in Jamaica. Jaws oh, yeah. jumps out of the water and lets out an ear-curdling scream and impales himself on a broken mast. I'll let that sharks, for back. sharks don't do that. That's not a that's not a thing. I don't think sharks have vocal cords. That's just mm. I'm not a marine biologist. My sister went to school for for a hot minute, but I'll uh, I'll text her later on and ask her. <laughs> Xanadu's collection of rare antiquities and artifacts looks exactly like the warehouse from Indiana Jones. Oh, like I'm pretty sure yeah. that's a good call. Good. Either call. they took all of that stuff to that warehouse, or that place just became the warehouse. But I feel like everything there, they just kept going. Like there was the Grail, and there was Bigfoot somewhere, and it just it was it was all that stuff. But in the end, this movie it wasn't fun. It I didn't I didn't feel like I got anything out of it. You know, there's some movies that are aren't necessarily enjoyable, but at the end, you're like, I took something away from that. I feel, and it, part of it might be like part of it is Kane, and without getting too political, I feel like he's just such a parallel for Trump. Like so much of what he did was what Trump either did or would have liked to do. And I feel like we lived through it. So it's almost like I've seen this already. It actually happened. And this yes. guy is real. So I don't need a movie about it. And the movie is almost less ridiculous than what actually the guys actually like. So I can, I can just go read the newspapers from the past five years. I wonder if like Citizen Kane is Trump's favorite film. And he like modeled Mar-a-Lago. After Xanadu. It is crazy, though. There are like a lot of parallels where it's like you're watching The Simpsons and you're like, how did they know? Yeah. I wanna, I'm going to Google or I guess it right would now. Be backwards. I'm going to Google right now. My guess, without even looking, I'm going to say his favorite film is Patton, as in with George C. Scott. Let me just Google that. Anybody, any guesses? Yeah, I could see him wanting to have named Marlago Xanadu. <gasps> like, that's a little too on the nose. Oh, for Fuck's sake. According to Business Insider India, he <laughs> loved Bloodsport with Jean-Claude Van Damme. So far, one for one, buddy. I'm with you all the way. The Good, the Bad, the Ugly, Godfather, Goodfellas, Gone with the Wind, uh, My Big Fat Obnoxious Boss. What the hell? He all, but he also, oh, this thing just froze on me. Citizen Kane. <laughs> really? Is it on the, there? The first film that pops up, Citizen Kane, under this. He says, I think that you learn in Kane that maybe wealth isn't everything. Wow. Hello, pot. Here's the kettle. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Be- sure. And then next thing, because he had the wealth, because he had the wealth, but he didn't have the happiness. So that was the first thing he said. So what a uh, what an observation. Great pull. Great pull. And great guess on your part. Wow. Well done, Joanne. So yeah, this movie for me, uh, kind of like the rest of you guys have said, I get that there's a significance to this movie. 
I get that it's important. It's not, it wasn't enjoyable. It wasn't fun. It wasn't something that I would ever go revisit. So for me, it's a uh, five flat. Do we just do a five, a 5.25 and a 5.5? Well, I was a 5.2. 5.2, excuse me. I was a 5.2. That's right. We weren't asking what you were in high school, Joanne. We're asking for your score now. Just kidding. I'm sorry. I wore a back brace, okay? Like, that was my score. <laughs> but then we Some went to college. Some people were into it. It's <laughs> hilarious. They call them crip fuckers, right? So, five, 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 two, five, five. This is, uh, this is unprecedented ground, guys. We've never had three scores within half a point of each other. We've had the same score three times, but this is pretty fucking cool. Yeah, yeah, and I Let's, think we're all right. Yeah. I know we're all I know we're all right. Critics, five-star reviews. Critics, five-star reviews. Critics, five-star reviews. Critics, five-star reviews. I pretty much think they don't think that we are right. The sheer, the sheer brilliance and audacity of Citizen Kane makes the film the most astounding cinematic achievement of the season. It ranks with Disney's Fantasia as a milestone in motion picture and motion picture technique. It is daring, different, thrilling, and revolutionary—a power play of startling brilliance. I would say it is a great picture, but it is one of those things like the pyramids which are impressive and definitely interesting to have seen but one can have more fun looking at the pyramids hmm. hmm really doesn't compute citizen kane is so revolutionary in all departments that it is impossible to make a comparison it flouts all the accepted rules of hollywood picture making and now it's time for the right. one one critics critic one star review. Critics, one star reviews. Critics, one star reviews. It's interesting. It's different. In fact, it's bizarre enough to become a museum piece, but its sacrifice of simplicity to eccentricity robs it of distinction and general entertainment. Word salad. Mm. What? Hold the vinaigrette. What? What? Amazon five-star reviews. Five-star reviews. Amazon five-star reviews. This film requires you to think, which is why so many here give it one and two-star reviews. This person speaking directly to you, Kevin Israel. I just wanted to point out. (laughs) I am stupid. Thank you. It is without question one of the five greatest films ever made and may think it is the best film for a very good reason. It is the epitome of directorial excellence, given that Orson Welles was all 26 when he made it. It is not meant to entertain you like Finding Nemo or even Casablanca. It is designed to make you think Casablanca to Finding Nemo. There's no middle ground in here. Like Police Academy Academy 4, Citizens on Patrol. We could have went kind of middle of the road here. That's way... To hell the spectrum. There has never been a movie made like this. I could watch this movie a hundred times and not get bored. Wow. They must they must work in like the rice fields or something. This if this is the height of excitement for them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. They work I I'll guess sweatshop. They sew uh Nike okay. sneakers together. 
Orson Welles was one of the greats in the movie and radio business. He knew how to get into people's imaginations. I do believe Orson Welles' personality was a lot like Citizen Kane. Mm -hmm. I get why people say this is the greatest. I'm no movie buff. I'm actually a full-blown idiot. And I get why every single director, famous actor, producer say this movie is the best. Rewatch Rewatch value is pretty low, but the first time, dang, it's up there. Orson Welles was a wild man. Signed, M. Night Shyamalan. (laughs) (laughs) Slowly but surely, it got me more and more involved in the story of Charles Foster Kane until I was on the edge of my seat. No, it didn't. Even knowing what the surprise ending was and even knowing in advance, the last scene still leaves you dumbstruck. Easy (laughs) is easy to see why it is considered one of the greatest films of all time. Surprise ending. A film that is... 80 years old has a surprise ending. Is this the same asshole who still gets shocked when Luke is, learns that Vader is his father? <laughs> or when TT boy shot a four roper right into Samantha Strong's hair at the end of Anal Inferno? No. We knew that was going to happen. I wanted to work a TT boy reference in here. That's how. Mm. Amazon one star reviews. Amazon one star reviews one star review one star review one star one star reviews I was homesick and went on a classic movie binge watch marathon I had just finished watching It's a Wonderful Life by the way have never seen It's a Wonderful Life yet Really Nope not yet and was eager to watch what the entire internet internet seems to agree is the greatest piece of cinematic work ever. I'm very disappointed. I did not understand this movie at all. It was boring. It moved slowly. The characters were not interesting. I must be missing something. <laughs> Guys, is this a classic binge marathon? Is that on your this agendas? Is, this is, first of all, if you're homesick and you're not watching Price is Right, I don't want to fucking know you. Yes. Right, right, right. And in order of importance, Plinko one, Mountain Climber yes. number two. Oh, the Mountain Climber was the best. Was that with the yodeler? Yodeling. Yeah. <laughs> Have it on my iTunes, not even joking. And number three, the punch board. Yes. Yeah. Love the punch board. Uh, I do not understand why people think this is such a great movie. We watched it based on the reviews, but why we were disappointed is, one, the storyline is hard to follow. It is supposed to be the downward path of Kane from an idealistic performer to a self-interested billionaire, but you don't really see that. It's kind of chaotic and not clear. The acting, too, is marginal at best. Wells looks very ham-ish, like a high school actor. There are occasional meaningful moments that are almost totally not developed. At the end, the reporter is talking with Kane's second ex-wife, whom he abused, and the reporter says, you know, I feel sorry for Kane. The ex-wife, who is a mess, e.g. alcoholic, looks at the reporter and says, I feel sorry for him too, of course, which is a meaningful moment of acting, but lasts a couple of seconds and isn't developed. But most of the time, it seems very much like a B-movie at best. Wow. Is that the movie with Jerry Seinfeld with the bees? The bee movie? Loved that movie. I never saw it. Awful. Couldn't get past the first minute of dark, troubling music and video. Please refund my movie, my money. One minute. Kevin Israel, one, two, three. That doesn't happen. That does not happen. That's like walking to a restaurant without looking at the menu and saying, nope. Worst movie ever. Why do colleges make kids watch this? Mm -hmm. Answer, 
because the professors are hungover. <laughs> and nothing put a smile on a kid's face back in the 80s and 90s and watching a substitute teacher or teacher push that TV and VCR into a, on a cart into the room going, ah, easy street uh, today. Yeah, I once had a biology per, uh, teacher. It was like a freshman year of high school. Some days she didn't want to teach. I vividly remember her bringing in the water boy for us to watch <laughs> in biology. I get her it. Water, was, water, biology. Uh, maybe, but her name was Miss Pagano. If you're watching, you were the best. <laughs> and we would just watch like these Adam Sandler movies. It was great. When I was in high school uh, in French class, because I took French because I thought that would be useful. We had to watch some some movie in French. And halfway through the movie, there was like a sex scene. And so the teacher, I th- and I think she might have told us, like, I, there's a scene that I can't show. So I'm going to I'm going to stop it. I'm going to fast forward. And then and I don't know why she thought she would be able to do this seamlessly. Like I thought I don't know why she like it would go well, but she but the scene was coming up and clearly these two people were about to have sex. And she went to I I think she went to fast forward and she hit pause. Oh, (laughs) no. Fast forward and and it literally paused as the girl was like. And we and the whole class was just like, and none of us knew what to do. And all the, all the girls were like, oh. and all, Wait, all the boys sec- were like, and she was like, she was just punch, pushing buttons, trying to get the boobs to go off the screen. Dude, you missed it. a key moment to yell out, sacre blue. <laughs> and another key moment to yell out. It's like the, it's like the, 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 the Zapruder film film and, and JFK back into the left, but he keeps replaying it back to the left. <laughs> We watch, I'll do a high school movie story. We watch Romeo and Juliet, the whatever, the 1970s version. And the teacher goes, all right, people, there's a scene where you're going to be oh, naked. So why would you say anything? So now we're all going to be like, we're waiting, we're waiting, I, you know, eyes ready. And then she goes, all right, when I say close your eyes, close your eyes, because I don't want any phone calls. So, of course, she was like, okay, one, two, and I yell, boobies! And <laughs> guess who got in-school suspension? So... Wow. It's nice to know nothing's changed. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, don't show fucking titties in school. Not expect to get called out on that. Now, listen, she'd be fired. All right. Oh, oh for God. sure. Could you imagine? And it was a quick, oh. t- it was a quick, all she, Juliet did was get out of bed and run. And she had great tits as actress. She ran out of the bed and the tits were just kind of flopping. And that's the whole scene. That's it. But she made a mountain out of a molehill. That's, that's her enough mistake. to lose your pension. Yeah, all $4,500. I accidentally purchased this thinking that it was something completely different. Ah, I've done this before, too. I meant to rent Ernest Goes to Jail, and I bought Citizen Kane by accident. Yeah. And now (laughs) – oh, go ahead, Kevin. You are about to say something? Uh, No, that was uh, funny. Thank you. And now we would be remiss if we did not throw in a Kevin Israel special. Well – the sound volume went up and down throughout the movie, and I was genuinely unimpressed with the best movie ever made. I never saw it, and I'm old enough that I should have. So now I can cross it off that list. Now, how do I get my $3 and two, $3 and two hours back? $3! You know, there's another one throw on my list of ones I would love to just take the shit out of is that film. God, I hate it. Kevin Israel, did Joanne Noshitsinski notch the hat trick by taking down her third film on our podcast? Would this, would this be her third or fourth? Would this be a four piece? Uh, Grease, Silver Linings. Did I miss the third one? What was the other one, Joe? Well, Karate Kid, I didn't. Nope. Oh, right. 
Right, right. Because Bill sucked. <laughs> yeah, I, I would blame it on Bill too. That's fair. <laughs> well, congratulations, Joanne. You have yourself a hat trick. Yes. Woo! And Citizen Kane and his fat prolapsed anus is gutted. Mm. I also nice. will co-sign on that one. Jasmine, hell of a job. Yeah. Oh God. <laughs> Hashtag Jasmine. Get it trending. I regret oh, it. You regret nothing. Great job, Joanne. I agree. This film definitely look. It's it's ready it's fine it's fine but it does not deserve the accolades you're gonna try and tell me this is better than the godfather you can choke on a fucking gross you like that gross dicks amount of dicks not just the mm. adjective a gross number of dicks because i'm not buying that joanne where can the good people find you what are you up to um you can catch me co-hosting morning with Bill Schultz on compoundmedia.com every Monday through Thursday morning at 10 a.m. It is subscription-based, but if you don't want to pay money, I mean, you should. It's not that much. It's like <laughs> it's like $10 a month, and there's so many great shows hosted by great comics on that network. But we have a YouTube channel, too, where we'll post like longer clips. Um, so check out Morning on YouTube. Subscribe to that. On Instagram and Twitter, I am at Joe Nosichinsky. Um, I think that's it. And you can find her on OnlyFans at Jasmine. Oh, I had to do one more. I'm sorry. Oh, boy. Although, if I were to start an account, I guess that would be it. Your whole name could be Jasmine Rosebud. Really just cover. Oh, my God. What is your – hey, so let's do that real fast. Porn names. Remember, middle name and street you grew up on. Joanne. No, you got to do it now. You got to do your first pet. I don't have a, I don't have a pet. So it's always street name and middle name. Yeah. Um, and I don't have a middle name. I never had a pet and I don't have a middle name. So I would just be Casilda. What? We say that again. Casilda. Casilda. You don't have a middle that name. Was my, that was my street. I do not have a middle name. Oh, wow. So you're, like, you're not a real person. You're like Houston. It's just, just a singular name for a porn. Casilda. Star. Yeah. Casilda. Noted. Israel, what's yours? If I I would go with my first pet because it makes it funnier, and I would be a gay porn star, obviously named Corky Sailor. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a go. I've got a nice eighties like picture the porn stash and the 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 half curlyish mullet. Mine Scott Wolfpack. Uh, oh Wolfpack? wow! You sure you lived on was Wolfpack? Well, all the, street, the, the streets where I grew up were all after college, uh, college sports teams. So oh, that's I, really- I lived on Wolfpack. In front of me was Deacon for Demon Deacons of Wake Forest. And Terrapins was on the other side of me for Maryland Terrapins. <laughs> yeah, it was all college teams where I lived. So, yeah, Scott Wolfpack. Huh? That's, uh, that's, like a, that's, yeah, that's, that's, that's like a, a solid point. That's an awesome. That's like a name that you would have heard in, a, in the Marky Mark Wahlberg uh, Boogie Nights when he's doing those cop yeah. films that were pornos at the same time. That's the kind of name you mm. Dope. Ke- <coughs> Excuse me. Kevin Israel, what are you up to? Where can we find you? I go to my website, kevinisrael.com. I just finally updated it after, uh, I don't know, five years of not. So my <laughs> calendar is actually up to date. And I have some cool shows coming up in the ne- over the next two months. Check that out, kevinisrael.com. And, ple- and we're on Clubhouse now, uh, the Clubhouse app. So if you're on Clubhouse, check us out at the Comedy, uh, Comedy Podcast Club. Right. And we run a room Tuesdays and Thursdays where we bring on comics to do try out one joke. So you can come either if you're a comic, you can come try out a joke. Or if you just want to watch how genius comedy is made, 
Uh, you can come watch us or not so genius comedy as it's been lately, but it is a, it's cool. It's fun. So if you're in clubhouse, check us out. If you're not hit us up on Twitter and we can get you an invite because we are in with the people like that. Yeah. We're those guys behind the velvet rope saying on the list or not on the list. <laughs> Kevin go. You bring guy. beer. You bring chicks. No, you're not in. How many dudes? Two, too many in my book out. <laughs> Oh, hey, Joanne. Welcome back. Come right on in. Bring your friends. <laughs> yeah, I was like, what is this waiting in line you speak of? Yeah. <laughs> com for other you know, shenanigans, skullduggery, and tomfoolery. Guttingthesacredcow.com, most importantly. GTSC Podcast. Follow us on YouTube if you're listening to this. We need some more subscribers. We're getting close to getting uh, monetization, so that way we can make some money uh, with this thing here that you're getting for free. Guttingthesacredcow.com every day has blogs, list of 10, that doesn't happen, sequels, all that good shit. And most importantly, thank you all for being fans of this show. We truly love this, obviously, and we love making an impact in your lives. I cannot tell you, I'm sure Kevin will co-sign, how many people have said, you sons of bitches, you have changed my life for the worse because your opinions have convinced me that some of these films are indeed trash or, hey, you're right. Fuck that guy or fuck that girl. You guys were spot on. Those films that they brought, tried to take down, you're right. They are awesome. Joanne Nosusinski, God damn it. We love you. You know that. Thanks again for coming on. We always appreciate you. Thank you. Oh, always a good time. And we will see you next time, kids. Take care. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.